one. Yo, guys, what is good? Welcome to FL Teams. We are back for week number two, the dynamic duo, I guess, if you will. It's, it feels like a recurring theme, if you will. But uh, <laughs> regardless of that, we got Von Sakura and myself, Dylan, here on the show. Dylan Spalding with you here on the show today, talking about this big USF matchup this weekend between USF and Cincinnati. Vaughn, we'll talk about last week's game here to open up the show, obviously, but uh, a tough loss for the Bulls last week. It was looking good at the end of the uh, second half there. Team got her, came around it, if you will, on offense, but it was, it was still a tough day. It was still a tough day in the first half. Yeah, super glad to be here again uh, for week two, and not exactly the outcome we hoped for last week. I think ECU... I mean, the first the first thing that comes to your mind is Ehlers, 31 of 41, 465, and six touchdowns. So, yeah. I mean, we're going to break down a bunch of other stuff, but I think that's really where you start as far as the ECU game. It was just an absolute air show in Boca Raton on Saturday. Yeah, the C.J. Johnson, Holton Ehlers connection there at ECU in Bo- or versus ECU in Boca, really tough. Uh, the offense got going. I'll give him that. Uh, Bohannon looked actually very good this week. I, I thought he played actually a pretty decent game for, for what it was all said and done. I mean, you know, he had a few obviously mistakes. The team had a lot of mistakes as well, but we've seen that a lot from this team. And I think that's going to become a consistent thing that you're just going to have to live with. But I, I do think this team showed improvement on offense all, all around the offense actually played the best that I've seen all season. Um, in terms of passing, obviously passing really has done nothing. So anything is better than what we've seen in the last, like, what, four weeks of the season. So yeah, uh, it was definitely, definitely nice to see the offensive game get going. Um, obviously the rushing attack was pretty good as well. Brian Batty, almost hundred yards rushing. Yeah. Bohannon who went, uh, um, of 75 yards rushing as well with a touchdown. So overall offensively is a good game defensively though. Team was just smacked around. I mean, there was no, no way that this secondary is going to battle against this, uh, really dynamic East Carolina squad, and they didn't even have full full running back core with them as well, which is kind of big to talk about as well. Yeah, it was definitely tough. I was listening to the radio show that Jeff Scott had yesterday, yeah. and he said he just doesn't know why the team keeps starting slow. He he believes that the team's in it still, but they just haven't made the necessary plays to win the game. So he said he's been messing around with what time they're waking up, what time they're meeting in the morning, just trying to change a bunch of little things to see how can this team – be a better first half football team because right now every single first half it seems like they're outclassed and the second half when the opponent like Jeff Scott said in his radio thing in his radio show when the opponent relaxes and slows down is when we start to execute a little better yeah. so it feels that it's all coming down to execution and in the first half they're just not getting it done and that's what I saw again as you're saying the offense did play better but a majority of that was in the second half yep. only seven of their 28 points were scored in the first half Bohannon did look better but Still in that first half, uh, Ehlers is and CJ uh, Johnson are running away with it, and yeah. USF is still struggling to get their rhythm. So, yeah, when, when you when you put up forty one points in the first half, it's going to be tough to come back. And I give credit to where credit is due. USF to give themselves a shot at the end, which I was shocked. Um, I mean, they had an opportunity. I believe it was in the fourth quarter. I don't know if you watched this play, but they had an opportunity at the goal line and they screwed it up. You know, they 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 couldn't get it in and. You got to make those plays, man. At that at that point in the game where you needed a touchdown there, you got to got to get those scores and unfortunately USF has has been doing that a lot this year where it feels like when they have a shot to maybe at least get close to winning or to you know have a shot at winning a game or or get in, you know, in at least uh, you know, a 7-point deficit if you will. Uh, it feels like USF just has dropped the ball 
figuratively and literally because we saw that against Florida a few weeks ago. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, again, the mistakes have to get, you know, changed up here a little bit here in the coming weeks, especially, you know, it's again, not going to get any easier these next two weeks when you have Cincinnati coming up here this week and you have Houston coming up, uh, I believe in two weeks and then Tulane next week. So it's going to be a very tough next three weeks for this Bulls team. And we kind of knew that going into it was going to be a very tough next couple of weeks. So it's going to be interesting to see how this Bulls team, you know, kind of can continue to hopefully improve. We do hope that the offense can improve, I think. And, you know, coming from yourself, obviously a former collegiate quarterback, um, you know, obviously we've seen USF kind of, it feels like they've improved and then they've kind of just went back to their normal ways. Uh, you know, for Bohannon, do you see a guy that looks like he should improve by this upcoming week? Or, you know, do you think he's going to go back to where we saw him a few weeks ago, just, you know, throwing 60 yards and, and two picks? So, yeah. So that's what we've seen from him so far. This week was obviously uh, a big improvement. 18 of 28 for 253 and three touchdowns. Although when you look at the game and when you watch the game and when you look at the box score, we know. Those are obviously or a lot of the time two very different things. And what the box score shows and what actually happened on Saturday is a little different. Oh, I think the sure. stat line looks a little better than Bohannon really was in the game, obviously, or in the second half, much, much better job, yep. more relaxed, comfortable in the offense, making better reads. But once again, and we're going to keep harping on it until it changes in the first half, not a lot of rhythm. A lot more of his incompletions came in that first half. Uh, as a runner, he has, given this offense a little bit of dynamic power with him and Batty running the ball. I was very glad to see that he got, I believe, I know he had over 10 carries in the game. He had 15 carries on Saturday. Yep. So I was very excited because I've, that's the kind of guy who I've been calling. Let's get him out in space. He's one of our better guys that can make plays for the USF bulls, but Bohannon it's, it's the same thing every week. It's a young team. They're going to struggle offensively. Yep. They're going to struggle defensively. It's the same things we're talking about every week. But yeah. <laughs> the consistency, like we were saying, needs yep. to improve. Bohannon needs to look comfortable in the first half and in the second half. But it's it's an AAC murderer's row the next couple of weeks. So yeah. <laughs> hopefully Jeff Scott can show some sparks. He said when the team gets down, he just tells them put their head down and work. So hopefully they've been working super hard this week because – these next upcoming matchups are looking very tough for the Bulls. Yeah, yeah, definitely for sure. I I swear I thought that USF plays Navy this year. I don't know why I thought they were on the schedule this year, but actually they're not on the schedule. They Again, they have Cincinnati upcoming this week, Tulane, Houston, Temple, which is very winnable, SMU, Tulsa, UCF. It is a very tough schedule this year for the South Florida Bulls in conference play and and what is going to be their last, like, I would say final year in terms of like playing the, the AAC as it it's known now, obviously it's going to change a lot next year and which might help the bulls heading in the next season. You know, you lose a little bit of those big name programs. Maybe you could try to build something under Jeff Scott next year. I think really that's what I think a lot of people are missing too, Vaughn and, and something that, you know, a lot of people are pissed off with Jeff Scott. Oh, you know, Jeff Scott hasn't, you know, build up this pro, you know, what is he doing? Why is he still here? Like, remember this, program next season may look a lot different especially when you got a lot of new teams coming in who are not the same level yeah exactly it's a great way to use yeah the same tier if you will in college football 
uh, as you know, your Cincinnati's of the world and your, your you know, Houston's and your UCF's of the world who have really built themselves up as, as great programs, especially in the AAC, they've been top tier programs the last couple of years. So remember USF is going to be getting a lot of teams on their level. They might end up having a shot more and more games next year than they are right now. So you got to kind of, kind of, ease it a little bit here with Jeff Scott here this season. Next season will really be, I think, the big season, as you mentioned, as well as uh, in last week's episode. But uh, kind of continuing here talking about this game, man. You mentioned, you know, Bohannon's numbers obviously kind of don't show what he did on the field. He he really did not look impressive on the field, and part of that goes in with the offensive line. The offensive line, you know, broke a lot of times. Like, the, the offensive line collapsed a lot of times, and unfortunately, Bohannon got pressured, and it seems like he was just – I wouldn't say a deer in headlights, but he he did he did not make smart decision with the football. We'll say that much, and that that does still concern me because when you don't have the O line and, and Bohannon, who is such a, a dynamic quarterback that he is, and he can run the ball, it is still concerning a little bit when he's making those you know terrible plays that we saw from last week, where he he it just seems like he he can't he can't compose himself when the uh, when the pocket collapses. Yeah, it's tough, especially. I think five and five of 13 this week on third downs, which is much, um, much improved from the last couple of weeks, but still times on third down where I think Jeff Scott, and you can see it in some of the play designs, he's trying to make it easy. A lot of times what he'll do is there'll be a guy who's considered an impact player or a read player. However, there's a bunch of different ways to call it. So all Bohannon really has to do is read that one outside linebacker, read that safety. If the safety comes down, you throw If the safety, stays up in coverage, you often hand off the ball or you have a shorter route underneath. So it's not like these reads are very complicated. It's a college system that he can make these reads in. But I think so far this season we could call Bohannon a miss. And that's my big qualm with Jeff Scott is Mm -hmm. you got your pick of the litter with these transfer QBs and you got a guy from a big program. Hasn't really worked out so far. Obviously looked better last week and we're going to see how he finishes with these next six Mm -hmm. games. But that's my big qualm with Jeff Scott is hey, let's give him a couple more years, but we got to pick the right guy, especially yeah. when it comes to the most important position on the field. But the U- uh, USF as a faculty, as a staff, believes in Jeff Scott. That's why they gave him this extension. Yeah, I know sure. the Tampa Bay Times yesterday posted an article talking about it. Is his time up? Should he be done after this season? But I think the university showed that they are going to support him <coughs> throughout the rest of this year mm-hmm. and that next year will be the real test for this boy. Yeah. Again, remember, this is a year where, again, they're losing three of their biggest schools in this conference. This is a, a, a going to be a different conference next year. It's going to be a different look, a different way of play. Like, it, there's just so much that's going to be different next season with this conference that really next year, as you mentioned, is going to be kind of the, the big year for Jeff Scott to see, all right, is this team, you know, ready to be, like, is this team ready to take that next step, that big leap, if you will, next season? And I think... I do think Jeff Scott has a capability. I think he's, you know, as you met, as a lot of people have mentioned, he says so many of the right things. Like he, you love what he says in his press conferences. I loved what he said last week when I asked him last week about, you know, mentally, how did the team, was the team prepared mentally heading into last week's game? And he, and he said, yeah, he said, we just got to look back at the film and, and, you know, see what we did wrong and see what we did right. And, but he thought he would, they were mentally prepared. And I mean, you know, last week was a crazy week this week. They're finally back at in Tampa, but they're on the road again this week. Um, and, and I'm interested to see next week, especially too against Tulane, which is going to be a very interesting matchup. And I obviously don't want to talk a little bit, you know, too much on the Tulane game here this week. We'll talk a lot about that next week, but I mean, it's going to be really exciting to see them back in Tampa next week. They haven't been back in Tampa in a month. 
So, you know, playing a home game in Tampa next week might be huge. That might be the jolt of energy they need to, you know, play a full game of football on all sides of the, of the, of the, all aspects of the football, if you will. So it'd be very interesting to see, but yeah, it was a tough week, man, for the bulls. There was a lot of, you know, key mistakes that were made. The team did improve on offense defensively though. Uh, there's still a lot that needs to be done. I feel like, and, and it's unfortunate because we've seen glimpses of the defense who have been good at certain points. They made some big plays, you know, they made defensive plays that you like to see on the stat sheet, but overall, a lot of those plays have been made in late stages of the games that, Again, they don't mean anything, and it's been unfortunate. Oh, you're muted. I think the DBs looked a step behind uh, all yeah. day Saturday. It was not a lot of stuff that was super complicated. It was a lot of vertical routes, and Ehlers was just putting it over top, and the guys looked a yeah. step behind a lot of the game. And that's something super frustrating to see when, hey, you only got to guard one guy, and he's still getting by you. Yeah. And a lot of that time – on Saturday, that guy was C.J. Johnson, as he did have seven catches for 197 yards and four touchdowns. That was something that was super frustrating to see as a USF fan. But I wanted to kind of make a parallel to what's going on at Georgia Tech right now. If you're unaware, Geoff Collins was the head coach there before, and he is kind of a guy who I see similar to Jeff Scott, who says all the right things. Yep. But at Georgia Tech, and as some people at USF are doing they got super frustrated with him. You can say all the right things. You can be a character-building guy. And Jeff Scott, I think, builds great young men. But at the end of the day, we got a one-in-the-win column right now. Yeah. So you can say all the right things and, hey, we're having fun. Hey, we're working hard. Hey, we're doing things great. But if you don't produce in the win column at the end of yep. the day, fans are going to get frustrated. And don't look at the win column this year, as we've been saying, Dylan and I. Trust the process <laughs> for the rest of this year. We'll yeah. say it. We'll say it over and over and over again is – Give him at least the rest of this year, and we'll see next yep. year. But like Georgia Tech, there is these guys who say the th right things all the time, but if it doesn't matter on the field, then none of those things apply. So we got to see it on the field first. There's got to be some flashes of consistency and good play, good yep. offense, better defensive play. And it's hard to expect because these teams that USF is going up against these next couple of weeks are just in a completely different class than yep. USF is talent-wise. But that doesn't mean USF can't pull one of these games off. The team needs to be ready to play every single week, and they honestly haven't been, um, as we've seen in the first half of this season so far. Yeah, I mean, you look at the schedule upcoming. I mean, the Tulane game next week could be a game that, hey, maybe the team first time back in Tampa in about a month, you know, maybe they end up playing with their hearts. You know, maybe they, that's one of those games where they end up getting a win. You know, Temple is a, a very winnable game for this Bulls team. And and then the UCF game is is kind of up in the air. Same thing with Tulsa. Those, those games could be games that this team could end up, you know, taking here in, in the late stages of the season, especially that UCF game. It could be the last war on I-4 we see in a while. So these guys, those guys might be fired up and amped up for that game heading into that final week of the season. So there's a lot of games left. There's still possibilities for a lot of wins. And, hey, hey, this team still has a shot to make bowl eligible. Like, it's kind of crazy to say it, but this team still has a shot to be a bowl eligible team. Obviously, I don't think we they will be a bowl eligible team. But, you know, I mean, this team still has a shot to be bowl eligible. You never know what's going to happen here late in the season. And if this team may, maybe gets the, the juices flowing, flowing, if you will, in, in terms of the, their play on the field. So it's going to be interesting to see. But, yeah, tough loss last week. 
Uh, ECU was just dominant on all sides of the football. And, and one thing is too, is there was a lot of third down conversions for ECU. There were, you know, converting on a lot of plays and USF just had no answer. They defensively, they made some nice stops. Like defensively, they had a few times where I was like, Oh, maybe they'll get off the field here on defense and get the ball back and give Bohannon an opportunity to try and score here. But unfortunately, a lot of times just, they blew it. And it, that kind of was the story of the game. So it was really an unfortunate way to, uh, finish off the ball game, obviously, or start off the ball game, I should say. Really, the finish was good for the Bulls. But, again, it was it was one of those tough, tough, you know, losses where, you know, you played good in that second half, which you've seen a lot from this team. But, unfortunately, you know, that it just was too much to, to handle, if you will, with this ECU team. Yeah, it was tough, man. It's, they, like I said before, they were just another class of team. And when you start yeah. slow against a team that's already so much better than you, you really just have no yeah. shot. But, as you were saying before, Looking ahead at the schedule, this Cincinnati team, um, as I did my preview and research on them, they're really not the Cincinnati team of old. USF could have a shot in that game. Tulane is a winnable game. Like you're saying, they could turn it around and look towards bowl eligibility, but we're going to start needing to see this team come out and play a different brand of football than they've been playing so far. Yeah, definitely for sure. And 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 as much as Cincinnati, as we mentioned, is, is you know, has de- de- decreased, if you will, in terms of their their you know, level that they were at last year. Um, this is still a very tough team. You know, this is, I would say, uh, if, if not above, you know, at least at the same level that ECU is in terms of their play and they be in an Indiana team this year, that's, that's pretty good. They've also be in my Miami of Ohio, they beat Kennesaw state and Tulsa last week on the road. So, and they almost beat Arkansas. So this is a very tough Cincinnati team. And, I guess I'll kind of transition into talking about this game this week, man. You know, Cincinnati USF, it's our first ranked opponent since the BYU game. We know what ended up happening there against BYU. We hope that that doesn't occur. But, you know, after last week, we still kind of don't know what this team is going to be here in conference play. And it's it's a little bit nerve-wracking because, you know, we know this team's a running team. We saw the offensive passing game get going a little bit this week. But you got a Cincinnati team, man, that that's going to be a tough team to face, especially in Nippert Stadium. That's a tough place to play. And it's going to be on the road. It's going to be a 230 kick. Uh, so it, it's going to be a very, very tough game to, to go up against. And the defense for the Cincinnati team as well has been dominant this year already on the season. Six interceptions as a team this year. It's a pretty impressive stat to look at here on the stat sheet. Yeah, Cincinnati, like I was saying earlier, not the Cincinnati of old. But defensively, USF is going to have a lot of problems because this team is still averaging 40 points a game. No more Desmond Ritter. He has moved on to the NFL. Yep. But now Cincinnati has starter Ben Bryant, who's completed 65% of his passes this year, 13 touchdowns, four interceptions. He's not a real running threat or athlete like Ritter was, but he can still get the play done. And he's a great quarterback for the Cincinnati team in an AAC setting. Yeah. Defensively, like I said, USF is going to have a real tough time. But offensively, I think there should be a little shot for USF tier to put together some quality drives. Cincinnati is giving up 20 points per game. They're not as stout as they were last year with guys like Sauce Gardner, who also moved on to the NFL. Their defense is a little bit softer, and I hope that USF can establish an identity, get Batty some carries, have Bohannon look comfortable in the system in the first half. I know that the Bearcats have a ton more talent than USF right now. And they've been recruiting at a big 12 level, which is where they're going to be next year. But hopefully USF can show some sparks and some, and some identity offensively 
and then hold up against this tough offensive Cincinnati team. Yeah, it's going to be a really tough contest. Um, as you mentioned, um, you know, they lose Desmond Ritter. And obviously, again, this isn't the the team that went to the national title, but or not the national title to the conference or whatever the playoffs, college football, playoff. college football playoffs. Yeah. Geez. Um, but it's still a tough team man. they're they're ranked number 24th in the nation for a reason. And uh, again, you mentioned Ben Bryant, who's had a, a pretty nice year this year, 13 touchdowns, but they also got a lot of, of weapons, if you will. And something that I think it's kind of big is, you know, they got a, a running back duo in Corey Kiner and Charles McClelland, who are going to be definitely guys to watch out for. And then in the passing attack, Tyler Scott's probably their main guy right here. Six touchdowns. He's looked very good. I've watched a few of his games this season. He's been very impressive to watch this year um, for the Cincinnati Bearcats team. So, oh, sorry. Hold on. I One of the uh, stat sheets I had of the video was going off there. Sorry about that. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, Cincinnati, man, they're they're a team that have a lot of weapons. They have a lot of di- you know, guys who they can kind of disperse the ball out to, and I think that could create some problems for this defense, as you mentioned. I, I it's it might be a very long day defensively for this Bulls team, and uh, you know the secondary has not impressed me, which I've been disappointed with because I said at the beginning of the year I was hoping that we would see a lot of you know the secondary kind of get back going again, if you will, from last season, especially with a lot of veterans, and unfortunately they have not shown their veteran presence, if you will, defensively this season. It's been tough. Like I said, last week they looked one step behind against BYU. Some of the past defense was struggling. Anthony Richardson looked better than he had looked a lot of the year against this USF defense. But only uphill from here. So hopefully we can see some improvement this week against Ben Bryant. But unfortunately, they have a coach in um, Luke Fickle, who is one of the most sought-after guys in the whole country who can – scheme up nearly anything offensive wise and just has Cincinnati at a high power five level right now. And that's, and that's where they've been for the last couple of years. They still have a bunch of guys from last year's team who had college football playoff experience. So this team is looking to make a splash, make another new year six bowl and be at the top of the AAC this year. So if USF wants to compete, they need to show what they've shown in some of these second halves and come out explosively on offense. If they want to have any shot, especially since Cincinnati's at home this week. Yeah, definitely. This is a fantastic test game for the rest of the season because if if you get blown out by Cincinnati, that's going to be the rest of the season for them. Like I am just saying that right now. It's and and I'm not, and I'm not saying that as, you know, being, you know, a, a negative Nancy or anything like that, but that's just true. I mean, that's that's how it's going to be. I mean, this is a tough Cincinnati team and if USF can can come out swinging if you will in this game and then show a little bit of not even show a little bit of something, just show some pride, man. Like that's, that's all I'm hoping for in this game. You know, like this is a great opportunity for this team to step up and make a splash. And if they can do that, if they can keep it close, I think that's gotta be a win in Jeff Scott's eyes, because this is a very tough Cincinnati team, even though, as we mentioned, this is not the college football playoff team. We saw last year, Desmond Ritter, still tough Cincinnati team. We've seen some great games with USF and Cincinnati in the past. I hope we could see that this year as well. I mean, in 2019, I saw one of the best Cincinnati USF games. It came down to a field goal. If I could see something like that this week, even if USF loses, I'll be a happy camper. But uh, I, I we got to talk about some of the key players, man, for this week, offensively and defensively for both squads. So we'll begin with USF. Offensively, who do you think will be one of the key players to watch out for for this week's game? 
Well, we haven't really touched on it a whole lot yet, but probably the brightest spot last week against ECU was Jimmy Horn Jr. Oh, yeah. What an explosive game. Possibly the best performance any USF player has had so far this year. Yep. Eight catches, 180 yards, and two touchdowns. Seemed like he could do anything he wanted out there on the field. And so far this year, he hasn't shown anything like that up to that point. So I would hope to see that Jimmy Horn Jr. can continue to get touches and continue to show yeah. what he can do because – in this process of rebuilding, one of the most fun things that fans get to see is who could be a star player for us going forward. Who, What talent have we recruited that's going to make us a better team in the future? And I think yep. Jimmy Horn Jr. could be one of those pieces going forward. Completely agree with that. Jimmy Horn Jr., what a special talent he is. He's a fast, speedy kid. Reminds me a lot of Terry McLaurin, if you will. Just a speedy number one receiver. Gets you a lot of yards. Can go up the, you know, go up the field really, really quickly. Hard to catch. I mean, he was so much fun to watch. I mean, when he made that touchdown play, the first ever touchdown this season we've had, which I was so excited, man. Like I was so pumped that we had a good passing day last week. But it was so exciting to watch that play occur. And I got to give credit. Really, most of the credit has to go to Jimmy Horn on that play, man. He made an uh, incredible cut up to up to up the side of the field, and uh, a fantastic job by Jimmy Horn Jr. able to get that touchdown there for. The first passing touchdown of the season. Thank Let's God go. it happened. Let's yeah, go. Thank you. It, it's been a long time coming. I was happy it was Jimmy Horn. Uh, I, I want to see Xavier Weaver, his counterpart, get some touches this week. I think if when they're both healthy, because remember, last week they have a lot of injuries. That's another thing to keep in mind, Fawn, is this team has a lot of injuries. This is a banged-up USF team. People don't realize, you know, there's not an injury report a lot of times coming out as often as the NFL does, but – you know, there's a lot of guys banged up for this USF team. And that's one of the key things. But I would love to see Xavier Weaver. I hope that he's 100% this week against this U- or against this Cincinnati squad. I would love to see him get some touches as we saw in week one. He's a guy who I think can be really big in this offense. And if you can mix him and Jimmy Horn Jr. this weekend, you have a shot maybe this weekend to have a pretty special passing game for Gary Bohannon Jr. this weekend. So hopefully Xavier Weaver. Can, can be my key player of the game and, and come up big this weekend for the Bulls. That would be huge. He he definitely has all the talent in the world, and right now he's looking like one of the better receiving yeah. targets for the Bulls. But as I was saying earlier, when you have these these read players, a lot of time it's tough because only yeah. – uh, or these RPOs as well, only one receiver is really running that route. Otherwise, it's a run play. Yeah, so a lot of sure. times when this defense is coming down and then one receiver is running that uh, post behind a linebacker that – uh, Bohannon can throw so hopefully we could throw it a little more to some other receivers this week as well as the diversification of the targets hasn't been great so far this year but yeah. as the passing game gets better hopefully some more guys will step up as well but did you have a defensive guy who you're looking at on USF? I, I did have a defensive guy I was looking at and, and he has not had many stats to go around this year but I'm going with the with the graduate student Antonio Greer, hopefully this week to make a splash. He hasn't had much going on with him this season. He's he's kind of been quiet this year. I want to see a pick from Antonio Greer this week. That is my goal because I love Greer. I think he secondary-wise, he's one of the leaders on this defense, and I believe that he needs to make a splash. He's, he's due for a big game, and I, I do hope that he gets a pick this weekend. I'm calling it this weekend. Antonio Greer gets a pick for the USF Bulls. That's my defensive guy. Obviously, you know, the the main guy has been Dwayne Boyles. He's had a fantastic year for the Bulls defensively. He was actually on the post-game press conference here on Saturday, so it was cool to see him get some love and, and some shine here uh, after the game 
on Saturday, but I, I would love to see Antonio Greer being one of the leaders in that secondary. Maybe he could fix some things around on that secondary. You know, some of those guys who are those upperclassmen, if you will, in co- at the collegiate level, they have a lot more say than a lot of the younger guys, obviously. So maybe Greer will be able to, you know, strap everybody in. He's played Cincinnati the last couple of years. This could be the last Cincinnati game these guys could be playing against this team. Remember, they're going to the Big 12 next year. So we may see a different USF team knowing the fact that this could be the last time they play this team here in an AAC play before they become the Big 12 opponent. So I would love to see Antonio Greer make a splash this weekend. I was actually going to go with another graduate student defensive back as well. Uh, starting safety, Makai LaPointe, who okay. is a team captain for the Bulls, yeah. who is another guy. We need to see these DBs step up, step up as I said earlier. Yep. Pretty terrible performance last week, and hopefully against another team who can really throw the ball around. And Ben Bryant isn't a higher-level uh, college quarterback, but he's a guy that who can still get it done. And Makai LaPointe is a guy who, a little bit lankier, 6'2 frame, yep. can make some plays. But we need to see some more lockdown defense from these DBs. Otherwise, it's going to be a long day on Saturday. Yeah, it's a, I, it will be a very long day next week. Or not this next week, this week, I should say. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely – it'll be a very long day for this Bulls defense if, if they can't, you know, be, play on point, if you will. I mean, that's, that's all I'm really going to say. Defensively, they gotta, they got to be on point. They got to play, you know, tough. I mean, we saw some big plays last week, as I mentioned. They, they made some big stops defensively but they just weren't able to execute, you know, these four and out drives for ECU last week. And unfortunately that killed them a lot last week. So yeah, it's going to be one of those things where I'm hoping that USF can kind of straddle in or I should say saddle in if you will, and uh, get ready for a big game this weekend against Cincinnati. Um, but let's take a look now at the key players for Cincinnati. Obviously, again, we've been talking about Ben Bryant, but uh, offensively speaking, who, who is your player to watch out for, for the Cincinnati squad? So we talk about Ben Bryan a little bit, and you had touched on my guy a little bit earlier, uh, Tyler Scott, wide receiver. Yeah. He's the he's a junior for the Bearcats. He's been their t- uh, Ben Bryant's top guy so far. Twenty eight catches for five hundred yards and six touchdowns. He has four more touchdowns than any other receiver on that team. So yep. you can tell that Ben Bryant that's his favorite guy. That's his go to number one receiver. That's the guy that USF needs to stop this weekend. Otherwise, like I was saying, it could be a long day. Tyler Scott is a guy who could be a pro prospect and a guy to keep your eye on on Saturday. Yeah, definitely for sure. I I actually have Tyler Scott as well. Guy who had five touchdowns last year under Desmond Ritter's offensive uh, group that he had last year. So I'm going to go Tyler Scott as well. He's definitely a dynamic player for the Cincinnati team. He brings a lot to the table. And uh, I, I'm going to go as, as well with Scott. So that both having the same offensive picks there. I like it. I like it. But over I mean, 100 a, yards two times already this year. So yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty easy pick. Monster. There. Yeah. It's an easy pick to, to watch out for a guy here for Cincinnati. Going defensively, though, Vaughn, who do you have a, a, watching out for for def, defensively here for Cincinnati? Again, this is defensively team or defensive team that has six interceptions on the year. They've got a couple fumbles as well, five fumbles actually this season as well. So who are you liking so far here defensively for this Cincinnati squad? Last year, as I said, uh, sauce Gardner left for the New York jets. So to fill those defensive back shoes is a very tough task, but their safety has done a fantastic job so far. His name, Javon Hicks He's mm-hmm. a six, two senior who has two interceptions on the year leads the team. Bohannon needs to be wary because this is another guy like LaPointe who 
is rangy, six foot two, longer yeah. arms, is a guy who, hey, I don't think that guy can make this play all the way across the field. But by the time you throw the ball and it has a little air on it, can make the play all the way across the yeah. other side of the field. So Bohannon needs to be wary and make sure that he's thrown away from Javon Hicks this weekend. Yeah, and I think there's going to be another guy he better be wary of as well, especially in the pocket, because he's going to get rushed by this man right here. Ivan Pace Jr., six sacks on the season, man. He has been dominant this season for this squad. I mean, that's impressive, six sacks. That's a lot of sacks early on in the year, and he's definitely going to be a guy that's going to be coming after Gary Bohannon Jr. with this weekend. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, we've seen when Bohannon is pressure, man, he's not on point. We've seen that a few times, and that's scary. And he's got two forced fumbles as well on the season. Watch out for Ivan Pace Jr., man. This is a tough defense. Uh, especially on the line for this Cincinnati team. They're going to be bum-rushing after Gary Bohannon Jr. this weekend. So it's going to be a tough day possibly for Bohannon if Ivan Pace Jr. gets a little bit of room to get it to him. But we obviously hope the offensive line can step up this weekend against Cincinnati. I hope so, too. The offensive line's been probably the worst group for this team so <laughs> far, and Cincinnati's not going to have any let-up. So yeah, yeah. I hope for Bohannon's safety and for – this team that they could step up on Saturday. We, we hope for everybody's safety. We should say that as well, because it's <laughs> going to be a very, point. very tough game this weekend. We'll, we'll now go into our predictions here, Vaughn. Uh, again, thanks so much for coming back on again for week number two. This has been awesome. I loved having you on the show. And obviously we got next week, we got Tulane, which we're actually going to be at together. We're going to be covering the game as in a duo tandem. This will be exciting. So I'm looking forward to that next week as we get to cover USF and Tulane on homecoming day, which will be fun. But uh, let's talk about our predictions here for this week, man. Cincinnati and USF. Uh, uh, what's your game prediction? What's the final score? What, what the when the zeros hit on the score clock? What do, what do you expect to see here on Saturday here in Cincinnati? So, what I'm seeing this Saturday is this is not the Cincinnati of past, like I said. Yeah. But right now, their program is just in a completely different spot than USF. Yeah. They're a top 25 team for a reason. They're moving to the Big 12 next year for a reason. Luke Fickle's the man. He's one of the most sought-after coaches, like I said. I don't think that this USF team, unless there's some turnovers early or some some crazy things that happen in the first half, or maybe, who knows, maybe they they start and they're on fire in the first half, as you alluded to in your article yeah. last week. Who knows, maybe USF's up 14 nothing early. And uh, there has been some, some weird USF-Cincinnati games in the past, so yep. there's always a shot. But – the way I'm seeing it, Cincinnati is just a completely different class of team. They have a lot more talent. They're better coached. They're more organized. And overall, their program's just in a better spot right now. Not saying USF can't get there, but USF, Cincinnati's a program that USF is striving to be like, yeah. not the one that they're like right now. So my prediction for Saturday would be Cincinnati 40, USF 14. Ooh, okay. So I'm, I'm going to go 40 as well. Funny enough, I do think that Cincinnati breaks 40 that feels like that's been the story of the year hasn't it like it feels like every time we've been playing a team or been out outscored by a team it's been by 40 um which is is kind of disappointing but um I am gonna go I'm gonna go 40 and I'm gonna go 40 to 23 no no hold on let me think about this 40 to 24 I'm gonna say they get a field goal after the three touchdowns so I'm gonna say 40 to 24 I think USF you know as we mentioned second half feels like has always been kind of that half for the Bulls so I'm going to say USF finds some traction in the second half, but I think it's going to be a similar, you know, game that we've seen the last couple of weeks where USF's going to probably get started out pretty slow. Cincinnati's going to be playing at home. It's going to be a tough contest. 
Uh, it's it, it, next week will be interesting when they play Tulane. We we have the Tulane game next week. It'll be very interesting, and we'll obviously talk about that next week. But I think it's going to be another tough day for the Bulls. But I, I do think we'll see more improvement. I think we'll get uh, again. I hope we get to see some Xavier Weaver and Jimmy Horn action together. I, I think that'll be fun if they can you know get the the ball to both of those gentlemen here this weekend, and also obviously Brian Batty. I mean, he has been so much fun to watch, man. He he has been really exciting, really the bright spot on this USF team. So a lot of exciting stuff happening, but. Not this week, unfortunately. You know, a lot of it, a lot of promising stuff, but not not nothing uh, in terms of wins yet. So, but uh, Vaughn, this should be a fun weekend, man. Cincinnati USF. It's gonna be an interesting weekend, but again, we, we just have USF not be able to get the job done. Yeah, man, and we'll see. Uh, USF is twenty-seven and a half point underdogs in this game, so. Hopefully there can be a moral victory and they could cover, you know, good, yeah, uh, good teams win, <laughs> great teams cover. Um, hopefully USF can show some resiliency, some offensive firepower. Some of that young talent can show off against a Cincinnati team who yeah. is battle tested, went to the college football playoff. Like we said yeah. last year, it's going to be a real tough matchup. So hopefully USF can come out hot and uh, prove the both of us wrong. If I'm not mistaken, uh, well, they did play Notre Dame. I was going to say, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first team they've first group of five team that they've played that has made it to the college football playoff. But I, I, I was trying to think in general, have they played other, they played Florida state a few years ago and they also played Notre Dame and they've all made it to the college football playoff. So, but yeah, it should be a fun game this weekend. Uh, obviously we got next week, we got the Tulane game next week. That's going to be exciting, especially it'll be your first time covering uh, Tulane or the USF football team um, at Raymond James stadium in person. So that's going to be exciting. So a lot of stuff exciting happening here on FL teams. We will see you guys next week for Tulane and USF. I'm Dylan. This is Vaughn. And we'll see you guys here in week number six, I believe. No, week number seven? Week six. Seven? Week six. Week six. Okay, I just want to make sure. Yeah, we'll see you guys in week six next week between Tulane and USF. Peace out, guys. Have a good week, guys.